Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by the Cocker Firm and Boston Scientific. We stream it live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. Go ahead and put that game behind us, y'all. Let's put that game behind us. It's time to look forward and prepare for the Detroit Lions. Cowboys defense. Lions. Surprisingly high-powered offense. I'm not going to lie to y'all. It, it, it's, it's surprisingly a high-powered offense. I did not have that on the bingo card coming into the season. Uh, in the roundup, we got some, like, billionaire boys club beef whatever gotta talk about it though uh dr jerry jones speaks again and then dan quinn is pissed off that was the nicest pissed off interview i've ever seen though but he's pissed off man and i hope that energy you know trick you know trickles down to the cowboys who seem to be pissed off as well so we'll listen to dan quinn a few times today uh before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show which is pretty cut and dry today cowboys defense lions offense we're going to look at uh, what the Lions do well and how the Cowboys can attack that and attack their weaknesses on offense. And yes, you're probably looking at your clock. Is that right? Sky's on 8, 819. What's happening? Listen, Wednesdays are, are my busy days, like super busy days. So I, I was up a little extra early today and I said, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and get on early, man. Let's, let's get on early. We already got folks in the caller line. Just waiting. If you want to call in and wait, you can. 351-999-3787. Or you can see it scrolling right there. There you go. Scrolling in the DFW turf ticker, the number one artificial turf in the DFW area. Bomb Squad, what up? Bomb Squad! Brian said you early. Yes. Yes, I was up. I got more than I thought I'd get done faster than I thought I'd get done with it. I said, hey, hey, why not? Let's just go ahead and start this thing. Uh, this is a an interesting week for the Cowboys because you got the defense who wants to bounce back from what happened on Sunday, and you got the offense getting Dak back. So I love it, man. I love it. And Mel said he got the noties, so maybe I need to go on earlier for the notifications to come on. Is it my fault? My guy Matisse said it's too early for the West Coast. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, sorry, West Coast people. When I was in the West Coast, I still was getting up at six something uh, during training camp. So I, I try to keep it, you know, keep it the same for y'all. But appreciate y'all for being here this morning. Um, it sh- shouldn't be a, f- a shouldn't be a long show. But again, that's always up to you guys. So let's go ahead and get into this roundup, get into some of this weird news uh, coming out of the NFL. Listen, I don't really care much about the billionaire beef. Right. But it is interesting. That's all I'm saying. It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys.
Now, let's do it. <laughs> I was wondering how long y'all was going y'all was going to sit there. Hey yo, Dr. Jerry. Jerry likes to talk a lot about injuries cuz they they ask him these questions. So, hey, yeah. He's going to put on that doctor suit and and let us know. I usually don't like to listen, but I thought this one was interesting because he's not budging. No, there wasn't no technical difficulty. I just had to do something real quick. And I was like, oh, let me see how long they'll sit there. But Jerry is not budging on this Tyron Smith situation here, which, man, I, I, I don't know. I'm starting to. It's early. It's only October. But what happens? Anyway, Jerry said. I don't have a game in mind, but his progress is notable. Speaking on Tyron Smith, his work is intense. It'll be closer to the end of the year, but there's going to be a lot of football from Tyron. Huh. The pessimist, if you want to say, in me is saying, I just don't see Tyron coming back. But, I mean, he was out there. He's working. I mean, clearly... Jerry is just is 10 toes down on this thing. Tyron Smith is coming back. It's a conversation for later, but the way this is apparently progressing, it may be a conversation. Now, I love what Tyler Smith has been able to do with no training camp at tackle, and, and, and I think we've seen that, okay, we got a guy over there that for the future we can count on out as our tackle. But the question is going to be, what do you do when Tyron Smith gets back? What if he is healthy? And we're talking about, hey, can I get five games out of Tyron Smith healthy for the playoff stretch? I'm not even going to ask y'all that question because I know y'all, you know, it, it, it can go a lot of ways. But I do think depending on how Tyler keeps playing out there, which has been solid, it's been solid, which is, which is great. No one expected him to even be solid, uh, solid right now, especially with no – tackle reps in the preseason or camp left guards a different situation but i just wonder what they'll do so let's go ahead and put a pin in on that and, and we'll revisit this next month and then probably in december but notable progress all right thanks dr jerry speaking of dr jerry jerry said don't with me man these billionaires man and they egos, yeah, it is what it is. So there was the the league, the owners meeting, I guess, yesterday that Jerry attended. And once again, he's the only guy that voted no on a new contract for Roger Goodell. Jerry and Goodell don't really fool with each other. And it came out that Robert Kraft and, and Jerry had some words. And apparently... He went on to tell Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, for those who don't know, don't with me. And then Robert Kraft said, excuse me? I said, don't with me. <laughs> Why are they beefing like this? Man, whatever. I think it's comical. All these old men with all this money beefing over somebody else's money, especially Jerry. Now, 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 see, here's the thing with Jerry and Roger. Jerry, we already don't fare well with the penalties we don't we don't need any more issues with with new york 
We don't need that, man. Now, I'm not saying you vote for him. You can vote no, but just, just, just fall in line, dude. But the other part of this messiness with the, the Billionaires Boys Club is Daniel Snyder. Uh, we know he came out last week and said, I got dirt on all y'all owners that would look bad for the entire National Football League. Jim Irsay came out yesterday and said, we need to get rid of this dude. I've seen enough. I've heard enough that he's an issue and we need to get rid of him. And my guy, Jay Williams, brought up a great comparison on this. I don't know if y'all watch House of Cards on Netflix, but this definitely reminds me of the House of Cards situation where, hey, we got to get him up out of here. But the guy they're trying to get up out of here got dirt on those people. It is just a bunch of billionaire drama that low-key I wish they would turn into like a, a series and then they could put it out on HBO and we could see the behind the scenes and you, you got Jerry back there talking about don't f with me. <laughs> you got Dan Snyder sending out messages to everybody. If y'all come after me, I promise you, boop. I'd love to see it. Put that on hard knocks. That's all I'm saying. And then Dan Quinn, and this is where we're going to start off with our with the, the, the real part of the show. Dan Quinn, in his interview, or not interview, press conference after the game on Monday, I think it was, he came out and he said, we're pissed. We want that ass-kicking performance start to finish through the first quarter, from the first quarter through the fourth, and however long we need to go. I know we really got high standards, and I know we can reach them. So when we don't meet them, it makes you mad. And what he's talking about is the Cowboys defense having a better performance in the second half where only one drive the Eagles did, but that was the drive that really ultimately pissed him off, pissed us off, uh, I'm pretty sure pissed, pissed the players off as well. And if you watch the Voss Lombardi live show, that was the one drive that the one guy decided to just to speak with. But that, that, that dude was, dude was terrible. But anyway, Dan Quinn, they was, you know, they were talking about, you know, wh what was it about that RPO mesh situation that got you guys in trouble? The two big plays um, from... The Eagles, A.J. Brown converted both of them, the fourth down and the touchdown. And he went on to talk about that exact play. And he said something interesting at the end that I lo I just love Dan's energy. But take a listen to Dan Quinn uh, speaking on that RPO mesh situation. I got the Cowboys in trouble in today's first word. Curious your general thoughts on the mesh concept that the Eagles ran. Uh, it was the same play twice with the flat. Uh, yep. What did you, what were your general thoughts about just how that developed? And yep, and so I would say uh, give them credit. A lot of times they've done it with a tight end and a receiver to the same side as the back, and usually that's the, the three-way option play, Michael. So it could be as I'm given a zone read, I could hand it. I could see, you know, a defensive end playing it. I could keep it. Or as I'm coming out, now i got the third element where I can throw off of it. And so that's the part that um, – Coaches can sometimes get agitated with because they see linemen down the field, and that's not allowed. So, 
they did a nice job of bringing a wide receiver across to become part of that option as the third element to throw it. So um, the change-ups that you try to make into there, okay, you can play zone on those plays or you know play a different defense or a different one, a different style to go. And those are the ones for my own self to look at to say, okay, what would I do different when we get a chance to play them mm. you know, in the next game? And so um, yesterday I did not know when we were playing them next, but I heard 12-24 coming up for some of the players. And so I said, okay, that's cool. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. And then I asked somebody, that's when we're playing them again. I said, all right. <laughs> Damn right, fill in the words. All right, I'm, I'm about that day too, so. I'm about that smoke, okay? <laughs> Man, you know, see, Dan get in front of these people and he's very professional and nice and everything. But we saw behind the scenes last last year in the uh, Hard Knocks or whatever, Dan's a different animal. And, and you know, he, he dropped a bunch of <laughs> back there. And, and I'm with it, man, at 12-24. The players know. All right, you got us. We gifted y'all a couple opportunities there at the beginning, and you got us, and we didn't have an answer for your little RPO stuff, and we was a little pissed off that, you know, the referees, you know, you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z, but it's cool. I said this yesterday. I said it on Monday. If it's one coach that I trust to find a, a solution, an answer, it's Dan Quinn. And I've said this plenty of, well, I won't say plenty of times, but a few times over the last few days. I I truly do believe the Eagles are who they're going to be. I think the Cowboys are not who they're going to be when we get to that date. Barring injury, right? Because obviously QB1's coming back. But now we got on film what you like to do to us and how you like to do it. And that's your DNA. There's no, there's no switching up. There's none of that. That's what you're going to do. And I just feel real good about Dan Quinn adapting to that um and and figuring that thing out moving forward is it going to be easy nah i'm not saying it will be but you can tell how you can hear it how pissed off he was and how kind of was pissed off at some of the illegal stuff they were doing but again i say if you ain't cheating you ain't trying it is what it is just find an answer to it man find an answer to it uh let's get let's get a call in real quick before i move on to detroit let's hit the pulse of the nation hotline presented by the cochran firm since 05, our guys Larry and Brian down at the Cochran Firm have been protecting and fighting for you in the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well as Houston. They handle all their civil cases on the contingent fee basis, Cowboys Nation. So if you get into an automobile accident, death, fraud, a wrongful death, fraud, personal injury, a lot of that around here in Dallas, hit up my guys. They charge no fee. I'm sorry, there is no financial recovery if they do not win the case, they charge no fee. Hit up 1-800-THE-FIRM or schedule your free consultation today at CochranTexas.com. Hey, 920, you was in here before I even before I even opened up the show. What's up? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, it's Carl. Carl. Yeah. What's up, Carl? Hey, uh, I just want to say a couple. I got a couple questions for you before I go get my swim on. Um. What you got? I, do you think, what do you think about the Cowboys picking up a veteran receiver? Yeah. Uh, in season trade, like uh, uh, Brandon Cook. Mm, I like I like Brandon Cooks. Uh, yeah, I would love that. Do I think they will do yeah, it? They, probably not. Uh, yesterday we talked about DJ Moore. Probably not either. 
you know what I think they're going to say? We did pick up a veteran receiver. He is coming back, <laughs> and his name is James Washington. I think that's what they're going to say. Yeah, I'm saying it because I thought he should have been back right about now because uh, that happened even before the happened August, training camp. August 1st, I think, the very first uh, padded practice of training camp. And they did say his recovery is, you know, a little bit slower than they than they anticipated. So yeah, I mean, it's a foot injury for a wide receiver is tough. Okay. And my last question. Mm-hmm. Now I know this year it seems like I, I, I see a lot good in Dallas, the Cowboys. I think the NFC is wide open. Uh, do you think this is the year? where we do add some pieces and not be cap like cap boy, how they call them to add some pieces. Cause you got to, we have a chance to be great. And this is the year that we plan on all cylinders. The defense is just rocked. The offense is coming along. You're getting your uh, leader back. And this is the year to try to make a, a couple pieces that, that puts us over the yeah. Man, I, I would love to see it, Carl, but but I, I can't even come on here and, and, and lie to you and act like that's something I'm confident that they'll do. Uh, that's just not what they do. Then they did it in 2018, but it was for the exact opposite reason. It was, hey, we ain't looking good. You know, this this offense, this passing offense is looking bad. We, we, we miscalculated the wide receiver position, uh, so they went out and they got Amari Cooper, but Historically speaking, right. when they've been on the cusp of a potential deep playoff run, they just haven't went out and done that. You know, 2014, 2016, um, you could argue 2019, they needed, to, they could have made a, a move to, to put them over the hump there because they were still in it towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, last year, like, they just don't historically do that. They look at it as, look, what, what we do is working. You know, we're competitive. We're, we're going to be a playoff team. Um, we're fine. We'll be great. And and it may it may eventually happen. You know, I've always said it's not impossible to do it that way. It's just harder, you know. And I guess whenever it does happen, all of that adversity, all of that two decades to almost three decades worth of stuff you had to go through, it'd be worth it. But yeah, Carl, I would love to see it. I just yeah. just don't hold your breath for it to happen, man. Yeah. I just don't wanna I just don't want to get to that the first round of the playoff and then we one and done. That's all. Uh, I, well, it depends on matchup. But like you said, though, go back to what don't you said. That, don't that hurt you, dude? Don't oh, that, oh my gosh, your yes. Feelings was hurt. Oh yes, last year I, I, because yeah. yeah, last year last year was definitely a tough one because I felt if if things were more right with the offense, we easily went. I shouldn't say easily. That's a good ass defense. Yeah. I mean, let me let me not disrespect the the Niners defense is fantastic, but I think we win that game, um, and it just yeah. felt like things were, were 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 a bit better put together until the offense got real weird. Obviously, the injury quarterback wasn't playing like he played yeah. the first seven weeks or whatever. But that's last year. Um, this year, maybe maybe we don't hit our peak offensively t- until the end of the year, right? And now you're going into the playoffs playing much better than you did before. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because that that defense is pissed. <laughs> they yeah. pissed from last week, and I and I like that in them. I like that in them because they 
they could have, they could have been. Wouldn't that been nice for that comeback if that it, the the three interceptions and and, and everybody know that hurt us. That put us in the it put us in the hole. You take those three interceptions away, and oh, yeah. plus, what if Dak would have played that game? What if Dak would have played? That game, it would have probably been a little different than what the outcome came. One hundred percent. I'm saying if man, but everybody thinking it. <laughs> you know, yeah. if Dak would have played, it, it probably would have been a lot different. You know, so I got to get going. I got my uh, swim thing going. So hey, get your swim get on, Carl. Lines. Get your swim on, man. Yeah, go. Let's go get those lines. Let's get them. All right, brother. All right, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, bye. I'm I'm laughing in here because I see my guy authentic in the building, <laughs> and he like playoffs. Look, 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 authentic. Shout out to my guy, authentic in the beer. Y'all make sure y'all check them out on uh, YouTube as well as hit him up on Twitter. He he gets busy on Twitter. I'm laughing because the Giants is five and one right now, and I know authentic just loving this. Like I know you just loving this, man. I would too. Shit, I, I didn't expect y'all to be where y'all at this year. I, I definitely, like I said before, I think to you, I definitely uh, love the moves y'all made because I'm a I'm a Brian Dable, Dable fan. I like Wink, and I think it's Joe Sheen. That was a all those were great hires, man. But damn it, I didn't I didn't expect it to happen right now. I was hoping it happened two three years from now. Now we got to deal with this this NFC East being a competitive, but. Honestly, I think it's a good thing. I think it's going to make, you know, all these these division games that much mean that much more than they were in previous years. You funny. Uh my writing brother, what's good with you? Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. God bless you and the show and your family like always. I just got two quick questions. Mm. I want to um, piggyback sort of what the um quarter has said. Do you think we would make a trade for Cook? Do I think do I think we would? I, I'm gonna say yeah. no, I don't think we would, unless this wide receiving core just just goes into the tank in the next shoot, only gotta do it in two weeks. I think in the next two weeks, right? Let me see. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just looking up his contract. You can keep talking. Because I think a guy like him could help us. I really do think he can help they us. They ain't trading it, man. They, they and then also, too, I wanted to say yesterday when I made that reference towards the film, I mean, I didn't realize it was that long, but I didn't mean anything bad by it because you like me, you're the type of person that, like, when somebody says something that just sounds kind of weird, maybe we can't play poker because our face gives us away. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, sir. I am a fantastic poker player. Fantastic. You are. Oh, I'm a really good poker player. I know, but don't, don't. yesterday when I said something... I'm mean, excuse me. This yeah. is like when I said something. The way you look, I was like, okay. Like I didn't mean anything, but I was just trying to give you a reference on something. Oh, you know, when we talk here, I'm very expressive with my faces and things like that. Don't don't take it any any certain way. That's just how I am here. But don't get it twisted, man. Okay. At the poker table, man, I'm I'm, I'm stoic. You know. Oh, okay. See, see, they think they <laughs> think because I look young, I don't know how to play poker. So that's how I get them all the time. They be like, oh man, this young kid, oh, yeah, okay. the smack. Well, anyway, we'll have a blessed day, and you and your family, like always, okay? Thank you. All right. I'm not capping. I promise y'all. I am a beast at poker. 
I've been asking, and so KD been talking about on Twitter, we got to get to do a, a Cowboys content or Cowboys writer or whatever, poker. If I was still in the East Coast, I would literally drive to D.C. I think that's where he's at. And I'll do it. Come on now. Who want to see me? Who wants to see me at the poker table? If you're in Dallas, there's, there's poker rooms around here. We know that. We can get a little house game together. Let's do it. Come on with it. <laughs> hey, Alpha said, stop the cap. Sky said, uh, uh, King said, a boy issue. All right, man. I, I truly do. And let me give me one last thing. I'm gonna do. I truly do like going to like random casinos. Because, you know, when you go to different places, people go to the casino all the time. They know these people. You pop up on them. They're like, who's this kid? Oh, I take his money. Oh, are you? All right. I don't say nothing either. All them little conversations on the side. Nah, 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 nah. Don't talk to me. <laughs> hey, uh, five zero one. What's up? Then we gonna get to the to to the to the Lions. What's goody? What's good with you? Stay. How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I got a couple of questions for you. Hey, you not paid attention to once the guys are running the ball against a. It's always when Tristan here and mm. uh, the Dua is in the middle. I actually don't mind Osa in the run game. Uh, Tristan came on last week against the Rams in the run game, but but yet yeah, that's not Tristan's game, right? Like Tristan Hill is not a run guy unless you know you do some some zone stuff. Tristan's quickness and now he's developed a little bit of some some brute strength a little bit that can get you, but just head up. That's not really Tristan's game. Right, because it's like we play better against the run when we have Bohanna and Gallimore in that middle because they are more of our bigger well, guys right. in the middle that hold the front. Well that's that's the that's know. that's they're the run they're the run stoppers, right? They're they're the big big guy run stoppers. But I don't want you to think that Osa's not Osa's still getting busy in the run game, man. Um yeah, he he is, but I just noticed, like against the Eagles and other guys, once they were running the bodies where the bigger runs came from when they was in there, whether they were spilling them out to give them a break or whatnot. But that so, difference that we have. Noticed. So you you saw that against against Washington, and you saw that against uh, the only other team. Well, I don't like to count Week One. Week One is everybody's Week One is is you're not the team you were, but. Against, uh, I think it was the Giants who had that big run. You you think it was those runs were because of the interior guys, right? That's because yeah, I, I think they were out when they were switching out. But if they continue to uh, do that, mm-hmm. where do you see us trying to get better in that middle? Do you see us like trade Christian here to try to get? So what I'm what, I'm what I'm getting at, what I'm trying to get at with you, brother, is it's not your interior. Is what I'm trying to tell. I mean, because I keep, I know it's easy to be like, oh, we're getting ran on. It's it's the middle of your defense problem. I don't, I just don't see that this year. Like, I feel like your defensive line, specifically your interior, has been one of the most disruptive on a consistent down in, down out basis. Um, now, now, where you can run on that, I guess, is when you go to the, uh, it's called, we call it the end game package, but the NASCAR package where you put a lot of defensive ends on the inside. I think where you see a lot of those big runs happening and not even not even talking about this 
Eagles game because this Eagles game is different because they run RPO. And I truly do believe your defensive line was holding a point of attack from time to time, but it, you know, your linebackers just wasn't picking the right holes or when they did go one way, Miles Sanders would press the hole and get tiny, get small, get skinny, and then he'd make a move. And now he's getting, instead of two yards, it's three, four, five yards. But So I am just in disagreement with that. You're not the only one. I'm not coming at you. A lot of people keep bringing up the interior defensive line. I think the interior defensive line is actually playing well. So, you know, I think what has to happen is you need better linebacker play on a consistent basis. You know what I mean? And then you need the defensive ends to contain the edges, which we're about to talk about that with the Lions. You're going to need your Dante Fowlers and your DAs and – and and I know that uh, D Law does a fantastic job at it. You're gonna need these boys to contain the edges. Okay, and then my my final question for you: Do you think it's time now to see more play from Cox? And you know, with the lack of you know when LVE he's not able to clean wires to be clean to come across to make better plays, and you know. Father Thomas also sure. I started to see with Bar. I was about to say, make sure y'all bring up Bar too. Make sure y'all bring up Bar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bar is not where he used to be. It's like Father Time starting to show here and there as well. But at the same time, I believe it's, you know, we saying we trying to use these younger guys. Mm-hmm. It's time to start trying to use them now. If not, we need before we get into our deep playoff run to try to shore that up before the playoffs start. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record to everybody that's been listening. I, I am, once again, my Bernie, Bernie, I am once again asking for <laughs> Jabril Cox, you know, uh, Devin Harper. Damone Clark ain't going to get no tick like that for real this year, but I'm, I am asking for, you know, some of these, just to see what these younger guys got. I just want to see. And my only guess to that you know, to them not getting any tick is that from a mental standpoint, they aren't ready. And and Dan Quinn just trust Anthony Barr and LVE more. That's all I got for you, man. Other than that, I, I do want to see. Let, let's see what happens. Let's see what type of mistakes they make. Let's see if they do make a mistake. Can they correct it because of their athleticism? Or or if they make a mistake, they make it at 110%. Thus, it, it creates a chain reaction that actually helps. I'm, I'm just curious. I want to see because I think we know what we got from the linebacker position. And it's very meh. Eh. It, it it's it's at best it's okay. All right, my brother, that's all I have for you. I appreciate you keep content that you bring it to us each and every day, man. And thank you for you, man. I'm able to get my Cowboys breakfast every morning, man. <laughs> thanks to you, man. <laughs> that's a that's I might I might have to make that into a thing. Let me write that down. Cowboys breakfast. I like that, man. Right. All right, right, brother. Appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do, my brother. You have a blessed one, man, and keep doing, putting this positive and accurate content out here. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Appreciate your support. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. All right, you too. Now, see, I was about to go into the the book, but I got to get my man here in a second. But put it on a loop with these linebackers, right? Like, put it on a loop. Um... I really, I really wish I might have to, I might, I might have to see if I can get somebody. Hey, can y'all ask Dan Quinn? Like, why, why, why can't Jabril Cox at least see some more time there? 
What's up with Devin Harper? Yeah. I'm not saying linebacker is easy, but what I am saying is that I've seen mid-round linebackers, young linebackers, especially with a good defensive front. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like your front is is good enough to assist your linebackers to make plays, right, on a consistent basis. So, I, you know, this could be I'm, – I'm not in the league. I'm not, I'm not pretending like I know everything, but I'm just thinking – all right, if my defensive line is is, is, is is holding up to my linebackers, for the most part, have kind of been able to get, you know, roam a bit free here or at least strike, you know, at the line of scrimmage or maybe a yard past the line of scrimmage. Or there's gaps. It ain't getting there. I like to see a guy who, who's a bit quicker. That's all I'm saying, man. They all feel slow, man. Uh, so I, I said I was going to get into Detroit, but I am absolutely not because we got my guy, my bro, Jay Tuck, CFO Sports in the building. What's good, famo? <laughs> hey, man, what's going on, Scott? Good morning, Cowboys Nation, man. Hope y'all, hope y'all not too gloom and gloom. Yesterday, man, I was hearing about flat ties and all sorts of stuff, man. But like I've been telling everybody, it's time to move on and focus on Detroit. And I'm excited for Sunday, man. How you feeling, Scott? I'm feeling great, and I and I'm so mad I didn't I didn't have the response I wanted to my guy Jake the Great. Shout out to him. He know we, he know how we get down. <laughs> he didn't have a flat tire. He was flat tired of being out there for 35 minutes. That's what that was. Facts, facts. So I want to call in, man, and talk about the linebacker position because you know that's my that's my favorite spot yep. in which I played. So let me ask you this, guy. I've been kind of pondering the ideas that you know we had Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong is playing incredible, D Law is looking like himself. Sam Williams is starting to emerge. Do we start to consider moving Micah back to a traditional spot and just kind of let him be that little middle linebacker that can flow a little bit, he can cover, we saw yesterday? Because we saw glimpses of it versus Philly when Dan Quinn kind of moved him back. So should we start considering that idea possibly? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I've been thinking about this like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's because it's one of those things like I wonder if it's this tough. Dan Quinn has a guy like Michael Parsons that's so damn good rushing the passer that he's right. like, I, I have the urge, I have to fight the urge to put him at defensive end to, to get busy. But I think we forget he had 13 sacks last year. Half of those sacks came blitzed from the A and B gaps. How many right. times have you seen Michael Parsons just come from the A or uh, blitz up the A and B gaps? Right, right, a ton, and that's what I'm I saying. Mean, because this year, I haven't seen it, bro. Defensive end, yeah, they're doing a lot of chip and they're doing a lot of double team in which they're taking him out the game. So if you have the traditional linebacker spot, even like say if, if it's a passing situation on third down, right, you can always go into your dime coverage, go into your nickel coverage, and have him coming off the edge and and, and, and like pass pass uh, passing reps. But for the most part, man, I think that it'll probably be better for us because the kid can flow sideline to sideline. Even if he misreads, he can still make up it with, it with his God-given ability. Mm-hmm. And it definitely boosts the speed when it comes to our, our linebacker court. Because like we've been saying, Anthony Barr, credit, you know, he's been playing well thus far. But Sunday was bad. You yeah. know, LVE is just LVE, just is who he is. So though they have the mental aspect of being the veteran leaders out there, their just talent isn't matching up with it. We can get that raw linebacker out there and just make things happen from all over the field with Micah. So 
I, 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 I'm with you. I, I would love to see him, you know, do a little bit more duty at the linebacker. Because here's here's what I think, and this is just a thought. I'm not saying I could be completely wrong here. But it looked like when Micah was asked to do more linebacker things against that scheme early on in the game, you could see that, oh, snap, I really haven't been playing linebacker that much. And he was kind of caught right. off guard. And the one particular play mm-hmm. I was talking about yesterday um, when they sent the second tight end across his face, but they used some action with it. Micah, he mm-hmm. saw it. He, he was running with the tight end at first. Then he paused. He stopped. You can't stop your feet right. because he got he was right. kind of got confused. And the next thing you know, the linebacker's running free and is wide open. And now he's trying to chase it from behind. And you can see him frustrated. Right. So, you know, I do. I, I'm with you, man. I would love to see him, you know, get back at linebacker. I think your pass rush has been fantastic. And I, th- I still think you can blitz Micah Parsons from the pass rush to, uh, mm-hmm. aspect. But Dorrance Armstrong is coming along. D-Law looks good. Your interior is getting pressure. Um, um, Dante Fowler is still good. Like, I, I, you know, I, I want to see more Micah in the middle. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, man. That's why I want to chime in real quick. Because, you know, I was watching it yesterday. And I was like, man, I know I kind of said otherwise last year. <laughs> I'm kind of sliding back to, hey, Put him back there, man, because I just think the speed needs to rev up a little notch. And well, a lot of people have questions about the run defense. Like you said, it was more about the RPO. It's, it's a tricky thing to stop, man, because you don't see it often at the NFL level. You only see it in college. And so it really is designed to make your defensive linemen, also linebackers, to hesitate a little bit yeah. and things. So they kind of caught us off guard. But, I think, you know, as far as Detroit moving forward, we won't see it too much. You know, there's probably be some situations where someone might try to emulate that in the red zone. But I think for the most part, we play Philly next time on Christmas Eve, we'll be prepared for it. So I'm not concerned about this run defense, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, the, the run defense is weird. Cause after week one, it really was just a, a big run by, by the giants and then a, a bad quarter by in the Washington game and bad fits and things like that. But it, right. if we can just get a little bit better linebacker play, I feel like that's what will separate us from, you know, being a one of the best defenses in the league to being one of them ones. And, and right. maybe I got I drank a little bit too much of the Kool Aid talking about, you know, being one of them ones and, and special and whatnot. I still think it has special right. qualities because of its coaching and because of its depth and because of its its talent. But I do think when you go back and a lot of teams, you know, when you compare them to a lot, a lot of people like to compare them to the Ravens. I think the the, the, tr- the drastic difference is the linebacker play. And if Mike is not playing mm-hmm. linebacker, then you, you right. know, your linebacker unit isn't one of them ones, right? And and, right, and the other exactly. team, the, the the Niners, their linebacker play mm-hmm. is fantastic. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, facts. Well, hey, appreciate you, my guy. I know you got a lot to talk about, man. So I'm yeah. just want to call in and talk about this linebacker play. Yeah, I appreciate you, Tuck. Make sure y'all follow Jay Tuck CFO Sports on YouTube. And and if y'all want, if you dare, if you dare. Follow him and hit him up on Twitter. But just know, <laughs> he wants the smoke. Yeah, man. I, I'm, public, I'm public enemy number one when it comes to Eagles fans right now, man. Yeah. Hey, Cowboys Nation, I ain't worried about nothing, man. We we know what's about to happen when Ford gets back and things are going to change because what a lot of people don't understand is when you have an offense that's capable of scoring, mm. it makes you make some brass decisions when it comes to your offense Indeed. as well. But I just think, you know, Sunday they wasn't concerned about us driving down the field doing all that, so. You know, Indeed. they Indeed. got it. But we'll be back. Appreciate you, big dog. <laughs> All right, bro. Yeah, Fred Warner Beast. Man, kind of perfect segue in a, in, a, in a sense. 
You had the caller call in talking about the linebacker play and the defensive tackle play. Tuck called in, asked more about it. Ham Zone just dropped the uh, $5 donation. Appreciate you. Super chat. He says, that's why I asked yesterday if if its versatility can be hurting them sometimes. Uh, I guess you're talking about the, the defense's versatility or maybe Micah's versatility. Um, I, Again, I just don't. I, I don't have a problem with anything he's doing defensively. I just wish we had the linebackers that were like that. You know what I mean? I just wish we had the linebackers that were like that. But you won't see RPOs per se against Detroit, but you're going to see a lot of creative running against Detroit. And um, one of the things we talked about in the Eagles game was you have to tackle. If you If you guys remember when we were doing the show on Friday. I was like, man, you got to tackle these guys. And if you go back and watch the game defensively, you'll see it wasn't like it was there were these gaping holes. Sometimes, yes. But it wasn't like there was these gaping holes. It was just Miles Sanders pressing the line of scrimmage. Your defense end has to hold. Your linebacker has to guess. And then he gets to the second level and he makes somebody miss. And you miss tackles. And that's what happens. Even on the quick outs, if you make a tackle, it's a three-yard gain. Instead, of, instead it's a six-yard gain. Now, instead of second and seven, it's third and, and four. And then you miss another tackle. Now it's third and one, and we're doing a quarterback sneak. So tackling has to improve, and usually the Cowboys do improve in, in that the next game. But Dan Quinn talked about that. I think it was Christy Scales asked Dan Quinn about the tackling heading into Detroit because Detroit has one of the best run games in the league. So uh, take a listen to Dan Quinn on that one. Yeah, and I think at the end, it's part meeting, part technique and drilling it. And you want to make sure the drills that you're putting in are going to apply into the game. And so which space tackling, which ones to hit on. And certainly they have excellent runners, you know, and Swift's got the speed also to make you miss. So, yeah, the tackling will be, a, you know, right at the forefront of our talking but also of our drill work and to make sure uh, we've got some excellent tacklers on our team um, I thought none finer in yesterday's game than Malik Hooker I thought he really he you know, has been consistent in that approach and I would imagine the guys that miss some uh, they'll come back with a pretty good vengeance about how they want to play yeah Malik Hooker has come on as a tackler for sure but it's going to be very important going into this Detroit game which we're about to get to in a second uh, but I saw Authentic bring up are we missing Jalen Smith since he's excelling in in New York? I'm be honest with you, I don't. I haven't watched a single snap of Jalen Smith on defense. But when I went and looked, it looks like he's playing well. We aren't missing the Jalen Smith that was that was in Dallas. He wasn't, I guess, this new Jalen Smith. So I have to reserve opinion. Uh, but if Jalen Smith is playing at this high level, then of course I, I I want a linebacker that's playing at a high level. But I don't think you're missing Jalen Smith if you would just move Mike Parsons to linebacker. Or if you would address the linebacker position in the offseason. But hey, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, shout out to Jalen Smith for playing better. But I don't know authentic if you watch Jalen Smith at the end of his time here in Dallas. It was really bad. Like, like really, really bad. But um, I can't really speak on what he's doing in, in New York because one one thing is Cowboys fans will tell you, brother, don't don't look at no damn tackle stats. Because tackle stats didn't mean nothing when Jalen Smith was here. You could see the play. You could see the hesitation. The, the speed was gone. The the leg wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same Jalen Smith. So um, 
I have to see. I don't know how he's playing, honestly. You said he hasn't played. So is he blitzing? Is he? Oh, that's A.A. Ron that said. I don't know. Is he blitzing? I don't know, bro. I haven't watched him, so I don't want to give you the wrong opinion on him. Uh, but we'll we'll see Jalen Smith, I think, the next time. So keep an eye on that. But let's get into this Detroit Lions offense where the linebackers are going to have to tackle because Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are very good running back tandem uh, that complement each other well. They're, they're really the, the Marshall version of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. If being honest. Ain't nothing wrong with Marshalls. You can get some good stuff from Marshalls. I remember Mom Duke's taking nuts and Marshalls and you know, coming out with some good stuff. Listen, we ain't have it like that. But it's a good tandem, man. The passing game is is really their best guy is Amon Ross St. Brown. But uh, Josh Reynolds has been pretty decent as well. And then that offensive line is anchored by Panay Sewell. Uh, but that is a, a a really good offensive line in general. We'll talk about the the, the mouse in the house from, uh, on that offensive line. But I'm telling you, you better tackle this game. And while you won't see a bunch of RPOs where you have to play 10 on 11, and, and I'll get to why I'm, I actually feel a bit better about this because I don't have to dedicate a guy to the quarterback. What you do have to do is be ready to play some smash mouth football. And honestly, I'm for that. I am here for the smash mouth football. The Lions have a really versatile running scheme. And on top of what they do on the offensive line, they put a lot of window dressing behind it. I mean, they they do like wide zone concepts. They do inside zone concepts, gap schemes, traps, powers, counter, counters, the, the, the little wind back stuff I like. I love that. It's fun to watch. It's tough to deal with. And like I've mentioned a little bit earlier here, one thing that I'm learning over the first six games Maybe it's because of this Eagles game. If I don't have to deal with a quarterback involved with this run game, I'm, I'm, hey, I'll take my chances because my defensive line can get, can get busy. They they can get in the backfield. They can make things tough. You know, the linebackers again, again, they've been hit and miss, but I'm okay. I think our defensive line can make things tough on them too, but they got to be ready for a physical matchup, a very physical matchup, and they're going to run the ball a lot. They run the ball 27 times a game, which is 10th in the NFL. Um, They're eighth in yards per game, and they're second in yards per carry. And again, a lot of that has to do with what they do up front from a you know counter standpoint, trap and the zone. They, They run it all. You don't see too many teams... Everybody mixes here and there, but they truly do run everything and they run it pretty well. Pretty well. So you're going to have to tackle, man. DeAndre Swift has been out for the last few weeks with a shoulder injury, but we'll see today uh, when the injury report comes out just how much he's been um, progressing and if he'll play today. So LVE, Anthony Barr, defense line, going to need your boys to show up. Now in that passing game, though, and that's what we always want all teams to do. We want all these teams to pass because we got that pass rush. In the passing game, for a team that runs well, they don't really run a ton of play action off of it. They run play action. Everybody runs play action. But 
He's only run play action 24% of the time in his dropbacks, and that's 21st in the NFL. I would marry it with the passing game or with the run game, but um, they don't do that on a consistent basis, but they do it. And they and when they do it, they try to take their shots. Another reason why it's strange is because Goff is clearly better in play action than he's been um, in standard dropbacks. When he's just doing standard dropbacks, no play action, he has the eighth worst uh, turnover, I'm sorry, eighth worst completion percentage in the league, and he has the third most turnover worthy plays. So you can get to Jared Goff and you can rattle him a bit and he'll give you a shot to get the ball. And one thing I had noticed in that New England game where they got skunked, the run game wasn't terrible, but Jared Goff just couldn't get going, man. I feel like you make Jared Goff hold the rock he's moving man and, and and that new england line is not better than the cowboys front and they kind of had him just moving all game just running around all game they only sacked him twice but one of them was huge it was a, a sack fumble pickup and they went down and scored on it something i didn't like last week was was a bunch of space from against the eagles and i'm kind of the same way this week i just wouldn't let him off the hook and and, and, and give him a ton of space to to operate for Amara St. Brown and Josh Reynolds and TJ Hawkinson. We'll get to the pass catchers in a second. Similar to the Cincy game when I said, you know, you want your guys to play some tight coverage in the back end. I want to see that here. I want to make, make Jared Goff throw in the tight windows. Make Jared Goff have to throw in the tight coverage. Don't give him easy stuff because he'll, he'll complete that. He'll complete that. Now, we'll get to the offensive line. I just think this offensive line is, is, is a very underrated unit. Maybe not to O-line people, but they did a good job revamping this line, man. And, and they do everything well. They, they block well, pass block well. They run block well. They're third in NFL in sack percentage. Second in sacks allowed per game. But they do have a mouse in the house. And his name is Logan Stenberg, who played much better in the Patriots game, but... When he went up against better interior defensive lines or just defensive lines in general, he struggled bad. And, and that's being nice. Against Philly and against Washington, he gave up 10 pressures, two sacks, and five quarterback hits. Osa, D-Law when he goes inside, Armstrong when he goes inside, Sam, Bo, Neville, yeah, that's Mouse and House right there. That's who they need to attack when it comes to that offensive line. Penesul's good, but I think Micah can give him some trouble. I also think that uh, D-Law can give him some trouble too, but he is good. Don't get it twisted. That's, that's, a, that's a damn good tackle. Uh, Ragnow, I think, is one of the best centers in the league. That's why he gets the bread. Just a really good offensive line that knows – and is confident in what they're doing from a run-blocking standpoint. As far as their pass catchers, again, St. Brown is their guy. He's a tough matchup in the slot. Uh, he can do some things out wide, but he, he's a slot guy. So for all those who want more from uh, Anthony, or not Anthony Brown, but Jordan Lewis, this is going to be a chance right here to kind of show. And again, other teams have had good slot receivers. But St. Brown is one of them ones, too. So so this is going to be a big game for Jordan Lewis. And I wonder, you know, we've seen Jordan Lewis strangely get benched before last year. No explanation to that, but but he did. 
I wonder do you get to a point where it's like, all right, let's see what, what Bland has here. I would have loved to see it, uh, a, a Deron Bland against the St. Brown. But we'll see what Jordan Lewis has. But that's a, a, a big matchup. Maybe one of the matchups we'll talk about on game day live. Josh Reynolds, though, quietly having a solid year for them. 23 receptions, 335 yards, and a couple touchdowns. I, Josh Reynolds is not a special wide receiver. He made his name in, in, in with the Rams. But again, he's been productive. Uh, TJ Hawkerson is the other guy. TJ Hawkerson's season has been really weird. Really, really weird season. He's got 267 yards, right, and three touchdowns. You're like, oh, man, shit. Better than what we got going on? Sure. But, like, 90% of that came in one game. And it was a damn good game against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He had 170-something yards, two touchdowns, an 81-yard catch. He was getting busy in that game. But outside of that game, he hasn't had more than 38 yards in a single game, and his catch percentage drops to 50%. So, Yes, talented dude. Went to the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. Didn't think he was worthy of it, but he went to the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. Not a guy you can sleep on. Not a guy that you really want to get matched up with an Anthony Barr LVE on a consistent basis. Um, but it hasn't really been a focal point of that offense outside of that one game. And it's not because he's staying in the block. He don't pass block that much. He goes out for passes. So not saying, not saying he ain't nothing. I'm just saying... He hasn't been that dude for them for the season yet. Don't let it be this week. Don't let a repeat of the Seattle game. But TJ Ackerson is talented. Just hasn't, outside of that Seattle game, hasn't really done much. So Overall, a, a very surprising high-powered offense because you look around. They don't have the big names. Um, Jared Goff has 11 touchdowns. It's not like it's this immaculate scheme. They just play smash-mouth football. Um, they're they're usually catching up at some point, so you gotta throw a lot, whatnot, but it's it's an offense to respect. That that's where I'm going with this. It is an offense to respect. It will help though if you have an offense to make them kind of be one dimensional, and that's something we'll talk about tomorrow. So I hate to use it, don't sleep on it, because a lot of people say that don't sleep on it. Nobody's sleeping on the Lions offense. If you're coming in here and you don't see that the offense has been one of the better ones in the league, I don't know what to tell you. But if you do stop that run game or corral that run game which we say a lot i like my chances getting after jared golf i like my chances in the back end too think trayvon Diggs can get one because i think golf is going to try to test him so let's see what happens man what are the lions missing to be a legit team in the league defense their defense is terrible and we'll talk about that tomorrow it's a bad, bad defense, man. All right, let's get to back to the phone lines. Somebody just banged. Who just banged? Okay. Let's get to Los and then DJ. What's up, Los? Yo, good morning, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you have a good morning. Uh, hey, I couldn't really chime in about the Eagles. All I have to say about that is wait till December and we start giving out those Christmas presents. And we got four back in Dan Quinn react. So that's all I want to say about those Eagles. They can have their little win with our backup QBs, you know. Mm -hmm. But for this game in particular, I mean, like you said, it's guy. I mean, they're they are gonna want to run the ball. They they can't rely on Jared Goff throwing forty or forty five times. I mean, if they throw more than forty, I think that spells disaster for the Lions. 
Oh, so I don't know how. I hope like hell they throw I, forty times. Exactly. So I don't know what that number is to keep Swift in check or how healthy he is. But I feel like if we can keep Swift and this backfield just in check, I I feel great about like you say, just our defensive line just mauling them inside and outside. But this can be a trap game at times. It's just going to be up to the Cowboys to, you know, offense, you got to do better. You can't sustain your defense out there. That time of possession, like like I always said all year, you are losing that battle. It's if you good. want this defense to be great, you want them to be at their best. And if, you, they're, if they're playing with the lead or if they're playing with rest, you give them a chance to go at the quarterback like hell. And that's all I have to say about that guy. Appreciate you, Lowe's. Good call. Yeah, we got to get better at that time of possession, man. I'm not saying time of possession is is equivalent to winning, but but you don't want to keep your defense out there specifically because you don't want to tire them out once you get down to the end of the season and potentially the postseason. Uh, Adrian asked, you know, what did the tape show, the Patriots tape show in that uh, for the Lions game? I mentioned it very briefly, and I don't even know. I might have not mentioned it, but. I noticed that the zone coverage gave Jared Goff a lot of trouble. Uh, we're, we aren't a heavy heavy zone team, but I, listen, Dan Quinn, again, y'all know me. I just trust Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's going to see these things on tape, at least from the last game, uh, see these things on tape, and I think he's going to adjust to it. But I noticed when they drop back, that shell coverage only rushed four. Obviously, like all quarterbacks, you got to hold the ball a little bit longer. I don't know the Patriots from top to bottom, but just watching I, their offense, or sorry, their defensive line didn't impress me that much. Uh, I know they have the number nine. I forget his name. We played him last year. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Very, very good pass rusher. Very good pass rusher. Played for the Ravens. Um, but we got multiple of those dudes. I like our defensive line better. And y- you have to stop the run or, we'll talk about tomorrow, the two ways to get him one dimensional, score. Like I said, I thought they ran the ball well against New England. I mean, from from what I was seeing, the problem the problem came when you go down nineteen nothing early, right? When you when you're not scoring and the other team is scoring, and now you become a bit more one dimensional. The Lions won't necessarily go away from the run. We saw that against the Eagles. They got down. They didn't care. They kept running because that's that's what was working. But at some point, you do have to throw the ball, and once you got the sack fumble and they scored, pretty much the levees broke, right? Like, now, go ahead, run. We invite you to run. Then they get down to the red zone. Then they got down to the red zone, like, twice. Almost go to go one thing on one of them. And they couldn't convert. The The Patriots just stopped them cold twice down there. So, obviously, Cowboys red zone defense is going to have to play better. So, I don't know if that's an anomaly. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee them being held to zero points again. But when you go look at some of their success throughout the year, the most success, they did play well against the Eagles. Week one, I always put an asterisk next to week one. They did. They came back, played well against the Eagles. Um, against New England, did not play well. It, it just didn't. Against the Minnesota Vikings, which is a fairly decent defense, they scored 24 points. They actually got up on the Vikings in that game, and the Vikings had to, had to march back. But 24 points is well below what they've been averaging. Um, and then the other game. Oh, Seattle. So Detroit's the worst the worst defense. Seattle's the second worst defense. So they put up a ton of points in that L. 
and um, Washington. Washington is a bad defense, and they didn't really do a whole lot in that game either. So, I, you know, listen. I was Washington the one they won? Yes, Washington was. My apologies. Washington is a bad defense that they won against. I'm like, wait, they didn't get no wins in everything I just talked about? So, Washington is the one they won, but we know Washington defense is bad. So, I personally, I'm fine with this matchup. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm just saying they do things that we can combat defensively. You want to air it out? We got the secondary, I think, to deal with it. We got the pass rush to get to you. You want to run the ball in a non-RPO way? We got a defensive line that can make things difficult for you. Just got to tackle on that second level. What's good, DJ? Hey, what's going on, Scott? Yeah, Been a minute, brother. How are you doing today? This morning. <laughs> what's up, man? I'm good. Good, good. All right. Hey, uh, so mainly my whole thing with this this uh, this Detroit offense is that it's very, very good. Uh, but I think it's kind of like uh, what Dallas was last year, uh, where if it was if what they're doing is working. It works very, very well, and they'll drop a 40 on you, you know, before you can look up. Problem is, when it doesn't, you're kind of shut down. The run game is the best aspect of their offense from what I've seen. I haven't watched a whole lot. You've watched more than me. But from what I've seen, their run game is the strongest part of what they do. Um, But considering, you know, what we'll talk about tomorrow or what you'll talk about tomorrow in the defense, I don't think they'll be in the position to utilize that to the to the, the best of their ability, kind of like you've been saying this whole time. So, yes, they what they do well, if it's working, can be very, very, very dangerous. It's just I don't see it working, especially not with this defense right. and the situation uh, that four and the rest of the boys are going to put them uh, put them in, to where they're going to have to try and either keep up, or or they're going to be down and have to kind of throw them throw themselves back into the game if they can. That's that's a great point, man. It, it, and I want to kind of elaborate. What they do well, if it's working, can be a problem. It, it can be like a train just coming at you because you don't want any team to be able to run on you. But but if this team can can run on you consistently, the, the way they block it, I think can can provide a bunch of chunk plays. When you go look at, and it's not a lot of carries, but when you go look at DeAndre Swift, dude is averaging over eight yards per carry. That's stupid. And I think Jamal Williams is somewhere around five. So. You know, they, they get a lot. I think they're averaging over five yards per carry from as a team in general. So if if they're just constantly running on you, it's not just four yards, three yards. They're, they're getting chunk runs. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, those those boys, both of the both of their running backs have the ability not only to take it to the house, so to speak, but um, like you were saying, with it being like a Zeke Pollard kind of situation, one of them can take it to the house, but the other guy – he could rip, rip off. I think there was a point in one of the games where Jamal Williams had like 10, uh, 10 plus yard runs on like four or five consecutive carries. Like he will, it, it's it's not like fifty yarders, but three plays and you flip the field already. It's kind, it's it's super serious where it right. can be. My right. question to you, and I'll let you go, is if let's say they get started early, um, they come out and they punch us in the mouth early on. What can the defense do? Because whatever the game plan is, it's not working. If you were the defensive coordinator, what what would you flip or what would you turn? Would you move Mike at the linebacker or uh, uh, middle, 
or would you, you know, drop one of the guys down in the box and try to combat that that way, or does that kind of hamper us too much over the top because they do still have St. Brown outside? I take my chances with that. Like, like all right, y'all, y'all, y'all beating us on the ground. I'm going to put an extra guy in the box, and I'll, I'll take my chances with my defense and I'm sorry with my my pass coverage and um, Malik Hooker back there. Yeah, I take my chances if, if that's the case. Fair enough, fair enough, brother. Well, I appreciate you, man. Um, let's just say get the ball into Jared Goff's hands because, like Vaughn says, that's our best opportunity, not just against this team but anybody, but especially when it's Jared Goff. Uh, and other than that, man, I'll, I'll tap in with you when I can get there. Just been working a lot. Appreciate what you and you, you and Vaughn are doing on a daily basis, brother. It, it's it's admirable, brother. Thank you, DJ. So I appreciate you all so much, man. Thank you, DJ. Yeah, man, we hard at work. We are hard at work. Go ahead and lock these bad boys up. Got a couple more callers. Uh, let's get my guy B Bird in the building and then 931. And we go ahead on about here. What's up, OG? Morning, Scott. I- I'm good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing good, man. Hey, I wanted to uh just make an observation that I kind of thought about the other day. Uh for the Cowboys YouTube community. Um the call-in line has been uh one of I think the things that have kind of put put this uh, community over where you can get the feedback from fans. Uh, mm-hmm. We can have a, a back and forth or whatever. But I think I want to give you credit for that, Manny, because if, if you weren't the first one to start a call line, I wasn't. you was the one that really jumped <laughs> But you jumped into it. And I think you kind of embraced it wholeheartedly. I don't know if you were or not. I'm, you said you were or what? I was not. I was not the first one to do, yeah. do, to do <laughs> calling lines. But I, I, do, I would like to say or, or think that, you know, what we do here is a bit different because we, we can have a lot. We can do conversations, right? I like to talk football with, with people. So I try to do that as yeah. opposed to you come in, you say something, you leave. So, yeah. And, you, and you're just the first one that I've, I've seen and the first one I called in on. And just I think that opened up a lot of things because now you, in the Cowboy community, you almost have to have a call in line to me, you know, mm. to make your show successful. So I think you are on the forefront of that. I just want to give you a shout out for that, man. Thank you, sir. Um, appreciate that, man. So, so if you take Michael Parsons away from this team, and then you say we got okay, we at, at defensive end we got D. Law, Sam Williams, Armstrong, Fowler, Golston, and at linebacker we got Barr and LVE. And then you say, okay, where do we need help at? Well, we need help at linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I've been on the thing that 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 Parsons should play linebacker uh, mostly, and then in passing situations or blitzing situations, do that. Uh, you have, I think you have enough talent on defensive end to hold up. If those guys aren't getting in there, getting pressure, then you can say, hey, we got to get pressure. We need Micah up there. But I think you can really, uh, you know, add some strength to that linebacker group if you put Micah Parsons back there. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm, maybe maybe that's something we need. And it's, you know what's crazy? We usually are on, on the offense's ass about stuff. But maybe that's a hashtag or movement or conversation, talking point. We need to to, to – to get to the radio people that gets to Jerry that eventually gets to here or there is, Hey man, what's up with Micah, you know, at linebacker, which is weird because our defense is, is, is the best part of our team. And Dan Quinn, we don't question him too much and who the hell are we? We're just fans, but I truly do believe sometimes they hear that noise a little bit, but yeah, you know, you're like the fourth or fifth caller in a row. That's, that's brought up Micah at middle linebacker based off probably a lot of what happened last week, but not even just last week, B bird. We, we, we saw it in, um, Washington, we saw it against Tampa, even though week one, and we saw that big run that happened against uh, the New York Giants. Your linebacker unit is the one unit that, if it's off its game, it could spell trouble. If it's average, 
you're okay. But how many games have we seen them play above that? Maybe one? Yeah. Yeah. So so one of the things I was uh, – like last year, I was a little bit afraid of sometimes was a letdown. And part of it was the way the season went. We were 6-1. and one. I think at, when we were 6-1, and one, we pretty much had the division wrapped up. But I think right now, uh, with this division being as competitive as it is, the Lions game is huge. You you, you cannot lose that game and go down, you know, uh, you know, with uh, Philly winning or Philly got a bye week, but having no losses. Now you're three three games behind. This game is very important, and I know it's not oh, a division yeah. game, but it is terribly important. And then if the Giants, I don't know if they're playing this week, but if they win, I mean, now you're down two to them, and then now I start, you know, playoffs starting to look a little fuzzy. So. They don't, you know, that's the thing about being in a competitive division since uh, such as uh, the uh, NFC West was last year. Every game is important, man. You you got to fight and claw. And I think that's going to help us, you know, just a little bit at the end of the year. And when we do make the playoffs, man, we'll be ready to go. But I think that we, I'm not even worried about us overlooking this game. Man. Me neither. Listen, you only get 17 of these things. I, I know, and it's <laughs> kind of why I adopted the whole week-to-week thing, and, and I noticed the Cowboys do the whole 1-0, 1-0. And I think that's the mindset you have to have. And, and when you look around the league, B-Bird, how can you overlook anyone? People are, yeah. are, you know, teams are losing left and right. I mean, unless your name is the Eagles, who are 6-0, and or, or or the the Chiefs and the uh, uh, Bills, who we believe are the two best teams in the league. A lot of these so-called good teams are losing to so-called worst teams. It's a very parody-driven league, so you can't overlook anyone, which is why every yeah. week, B-Bird, we come on here and we break down these teams and we do it in a, in a I don't want to say serious way, but in a respectful way. Like, hey, let me show you all what they do well and why if you don't come to yeah. play this day, you could lose. You know, yeah. it's the NFL, man. Especially. Especially after off a loss last week. So, and one thing I was going to tell you, man, uh, I got good news. Um, me and my family will be down there to watch the Detroit game, uh, and we are six and one. We're going to Cowboys game. Got bad news. The one loss was to Jared Goff and the Rams. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully, that's not uh, that doesn't repeat itself, man. But uh, I'm gonna try to come through, man, before uh, the show. You still at the same place? Uh, yep, we'll be this at the same place. Oh, you know what? No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, home game, right? No. We're actually going to be in the Miller Light Room, so it's it's if you come in from the front, it's the first room on the left arm, so on the right hand side. So we'll be in that room on the stage. Okay, I'm trying to come by and holler at you if I got time, man. Uh, just peek in and holler at you before I go to the game, man. But anyway, great show, keep it up, man, and I'll continue to listen, brother. Appreciate you, B Bird. Thank you. Yeah. So for those who are coming, if you want to come check us out, we won't be at Revolver. Um, I don't think we'll be there at home games anymore. I think we're going to be for home games. We'll be in the Miller Lightroom, but I'll keep y'all posted. Any given Sunday. Diego said, Diego Holly at that said, I'll be at the game. We'd love to meet you. Come through. Um, usually I'm walking around. I get there so early. I go get some food. I kind of go, I hang out in the arena watching it. We are the early games. Man, I guess we play at 12. So I won't be walking around then, I guess, but I'll be there early. Uh, because it's a 12 o'clock game, I know a lot of Cowboy fans are going to be at that game at well, like 9, 10, rolling up and walking in and whatnot. But I'll be, trust me, I'll be at Texas Live at 9 o'clock setting up. So come out of that. All right, last call of the morning. See what happens when you come on early? What's up, 931? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, 
first off, I want to say good morning. Uh, appreciating uh, you bringing in early morning content. I want to say I'm proud of this Cowboy Nation for um, showing full faith in, like, in the team and not, like, being upset, like, overly, you know, being over the edge with this with the Eagles loss and, like, actually being able to move forward and seeing what's going on uh, with the game plan for the for the Lions this week. So, and that's, that's, that's got a lot to do with you and Vosh, man. So I appreciate that, bro. Thank you, man. And that's a good um, point. We're, not a lot of fans are, are panicking here, and I appreciate that as well. Um, I wanted to know because, like, it's it's. I'm not sure if there may be any other teams that may try to mimic what the what the Eagles did in order to try to mitigate uh, uh-huh. Micah. So, is is it like a thing to like slow down like? any RPOs or anything of that sort, like any misdirection stuff with something like corner blitzes or something that has things coming off the edge to try to blow things up in the backfield before those type of gimmicky things kind of get started? One of the old adages we hear a lot is is just have a guy dedicated to hit the damn quarterback. Just hit him every single time because then the quarterback won't want to run those plays. Um, and I, And I think you saw that a little bit in that game where Hurts got hit, man, and you could tell, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And he hardly, I think he might have did one more RPO run for like five yards or something. Now, he did scramble for a first down, I think, on third and four. He got five. Uh, the other one was a 12-yard run on third and 18 and kicked the field goal. But he wasn't really trying to run that rock. So I, I do think maybe one of the things you do is hit him. But Excuse me. The reason why it's so hard is because what do you do off of the the RPO action? It started off with just oh, it's just a one read. And I remember not too many, not too long ago, we're just gonna put the ball in a running back's belly, pull it out, and throw it to the receiver on a slant. That has turned upside down on its head. Now you got line or you got running backs going this way. You got wide receivers coming this way. A tight end, you get a pull going. Sometimes you get some illegal stuff where you get the the line the linemen are downfield, and if they're downfield, that tells the defense they're running, but then they pull it and they'll throw it. It's illegal. It has become extremely hard to deal with this. I don't have the answer for it, um, really, except for maybe you get up on the team and you make them become a traditional passing team. And the other one is what a lot of people say is, you know, hit the damn quarterback. Just hit their ass, hit them, hit them, hit them, and, and make them get out of that. But I I don't have an answer for it. Maybe some of our our uh, our, our our coach viewers in here do. Yeah, I, I well, okay. So that that's an interesting situation because like I thought it like when I was looking over some stuff and I saw somebody who actually posted this. This was on a uh, Twitter, um, and they were posting like some of the all twenty two footage, and they were showing that a lot of the times uh, there was a lot of illegal man downfield, mm-hmm. like a lot of. And like it was not being called, it and it seems like a redundant theme where certain stuff that should be called whenever it comes to the Cowboys don't get called. On that blitz with Vanderesh, uh, when he came pushing straight through down the middle, there was two offensive linemen that were holding him like arm in arm. Well, and I know that you can't do that, but nothing was called. Everything and apparently 
to some people that was perfectly fair. He just got stonewalled. You don't that doesn't happen like that. I promise you. Well, I I hated um, that blitz though. By the way, I hated that blitz because why are you blitzing Vanderesh and then dropping Michael Parsons? I hated it. Blitz Micah and drop yeah. Vanderesh. But but you're right. They only had two penalties on the de- on the night, and one of them was a full start. So they weren't calling anything, whether it be a whole illegal man downfield. And to bring up the illegal man downfield, you could tell how pissed off they were about it because McCarthy, in a way, brought it up. And then Dan Quinn, without being provoked, they didn't even ask him about it. You know, uh, Michael Gelkin asked him about dealing with the RPO and the mesh. And he brought up, hey, there's usually guys downfield. They just, you know, it's, you're not allowed to do that, et cetera, et cetera. So they watched that tape. They understood that w- w- what was happening in some instances were illegal. But you got to combat that and fight through it because it, you can't take the playback, unfortunately. That's right. Uh, the last thing, it's like quick point. Um, people who keep on saying that we were dominated, that they, they really didn't say anything. I don't know what they were looking at because whenever you have 40 rushes and have 136 yards, that's 3.4 yards per carry. That means that they were just staying with it. That doesn't mean that they dominated anything. Whenever you're, when you throw 15 for 25 and a buck 55, that doesn't mean you dominated anything. Honestly, the only thing that hurt us was us um, right. with our own penalties. Um, because whenever you have 10.3 yards per per pass, and that's not even through the air. That's just per pass, like in general. So there's that. People need to calm down and exchange that. Or them. I'm just going to say them. Um, I noticed that Jalen Smith has done a lot better with the Giants. Uh, I want to say kudos to him because, like, that was one of my favorite players, even though he wasn't doing well in the tail end of his Cowboys career. I'm glad that he re- revitalized his career on that end. And then, like, as it pertains to the Lions, I feel like Dallas just – so Detroit runs two-back system. I'm not sure where Swift stands. Like, I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing this week. But – um, if he's not at 100%, we're probably going to see a heavy dose of Williams. Uh, if they are running like a, a strict two-back system, uh, Swift is going to be that more explosive guy and just look for Williams down on the goal line or like in the red zone type of portion. And I just I feel like like if we know because they don't run like anything more than like either power or, like, power stretch type of runs. I feel like that's something that we can actually explore. I feel like our defense is actually built for something like that. I feel like we can actually go ahead and force Jerry Golf into, like, these third and seven type of situations to where we can pin our ears back. So, um, did you see anything specifically, like, with Swift or Williams that you, like, that you do worry about? They're good running backs. I mean, they're not special, but but they're, you know – Williams is a power guy. Swift can make you miss. He made he made the Eagles miss six times in one game. Yes, he, he forced six missed tackles. He's explosive and whatnot. But but what you said is kind of what I was talking about when we were previewing their offense. What they do is very creative up front from a from a running scheme standpoint. But it also to me is something that I, I I'm okay. I would rather deal with that than having to deal with the RPO situation because now we're playing ten on eleven. We're not playing 11 on 11. There, is, there shouldn't be much hesitation. Now, there will be slight because you're going to get a, a tight end coming behind. You're going to get an at-snap motion situation with a jet sweep. You're going to get those things. But we've dealt with that this year. The Giants did, did it in, in Washington. And I know you're going to say, well, the Giants, he scored for 30-something yards in Washington at 100. But there was adjustments made in that game. And, and those games weren't blowouts. So it wasn't like you got up on them and made them stop running the ball. They just stopped running it successfully at points in that game. 
So I'm with you. I, I actually like a Bohanna, Neville, you know, playing power football, Osa knifing in there. Um, you know, D Law, he's a fantastic backside defender against the run, man. I don't know how many amazing tackles he's made on the backside. Um, it it'll just come down to tackling at the second level. And and I feel like LV just gotta put a little effort in the systems. Just shoot the damn gap. Stop being hesitant. Stop trying to not uh mess up and mess up at 110%. Maybe you won't. Right. So I actually like this matchup and that is no knock to their to their run game because it could be successful. And if you don't stop it, it'll be trouble. But I like the matchup. Yeah. Um last thing, it's just this is just more or less of a, a football question because like I've been trying to figure this out. It's it's got to do with two different formations. One is trying to identify what this or what a specific formation is called. It was where you have uh the quarterback was on the center, you have both backs in the backfield, but you have the running back directly behind the quarterback uh, about five yards back, and then you have the fullback beside him. And I don't remember what the name of that formation was called. Do you remember? This happened on Sunday? Say what? Did this happen on Sunday? No, it's, 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 a, it's a formation that's kind of just been that's phased out. Sounds like an offset eye. It's not eye formation because you said the fullback is to the left. So you're talking about how, like, somebody said here, the Hawk formation where we have, like, uh, uh, what's his name, McGovern or, or Forniak next to the running back? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it'll be like, okay. Uh, are they split? What, uh, are, they, are, they, are they split or are they no, offset? No, it's not, not split. It's, it's literally, it's like, um, yeah, it's, kind of, it's like an offset. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a shotgun. Like, if you were to take the quarterback from under center, it would look like a wildcat formation, but it's the quarterback is in the center, and then behind him is where the running back would be, like in the spacing of like a shotgun oh, wow. formation, and directly to the Good right would be the right or the left would be a fullback, and I can't remember what it's called, and it's been irritating me. I was just hoping that you, as a football guy, would know that. I don't um, know. That, that's so quarterback under center, running back behind him, which would just be a regular formation but then you said the fullback is is offset not in front of him i don't know how i don't know how often i've seen that so i don't i don't know what that would be it, it, it's, a, it's an it's an older formation i saw it like when i used to watch uh games in like the 90s um i'd see like mike Allscott and Lord dunn in that formation with hmm. the bucks uh, um i'd see uh emmett smith and daryl johnson in it with the cowboys so on, so forth. Really? Um, and then I was just, even in the '90s, yeah. you had the fullback next to my to, to and not in front of Emmett. No, in, a, in no. an eye formation. And that's just, yeah, and it's, it's wing T. And I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> Varsity blue wing T. Maybe maybe that might be it. Pro it set. No, it's not the split back because he's saying they're not split. He's saying that they're they're the running backs right behind the quarterback. I, whatever. I don't know why, why are we having this random ass conversation about this. I was just wondering, that was like a random question as it right. to like just understanding that. But I did Strong know, guy. You know, Wishbone. I was just wondering if, uh, if like why we have, like why teams haven't ran like that actual split back formation that you were. But that's not about. a split back. So have, oh, okay. Yeah. I was just wondering like why that's kind of phased out where you have, it, where you have the quarterback on the center and then, like, in the backfield to his left, 
you have the uh, you have the running back into this right, and you've got the fullback. I don't understand like why did that fizzle out? Because I feel like that's something that could actually work in today's game. But I was just I was what what, what the twenty one personnel they they run that they run that. But all right, man, uh, this is a question you got to hit me up on Twitter about. No, I got, I got you. I, <laughs> I, 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 was just, I figured since I was there, I'd go ahead and throw that out there for you. But I definitely appreciate you picking the call and taking the time to try to pick your brain uh, on that, man. Man, you was picking the chat's brain. I was going off them, man. I was going off them trying to figure it out. But go, appreciate the call, man. All right, no problem. Have a good one. Man, damn, man, brought up the wing tee. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm so curious. We get to the end of this show, and I got me. I'm trying to figure it out. I've seen a million of them in here. Hmm. It's not. It's not the strong eye because the fullback is still in front of the running back, just offset. He's talking about, and and again, I don't know how many times I've seen this. Quarterback under center, running back directly behind the quarterback, fullback to the left of or right, whichever. Anybody got that? Weak eye pro, strong close formation, offset. That's what I was saying. I was thinking offset eye at first. I'm like, well, it could be an offset eye. Let me see. Maybe it's, is that the offset eye? Back is still kind of. Whatever, man. Thank you for not. Now you rattled my brain. Now I'm going to be walking around, just walking my dogs like, yeah, is that a split? <laughs> it is what it is. Weak set is offset. Whatever, man. Whatever. But uh, hey, Law Nation in the building. The Law Nation, do you know? It ain't the pistol, though. Because the pistol, the quarterback is, I thought, was in shotgun with the running back behind him. Am I wrong on it with the pistol formation? Or is that a different variation of the pistol formation? Whatever it is, man, you got a lot of engagement going on in the chat, so I appreciate you, dog. Do me a favor on the way out of here. I'm pretty sure Law Nation is about to go and go live. If he is, make sure I check my big dog out. Hit that like button if you enjoy the content. If you learned something today about the... <laughs> yeah, he definitely got me. I'm like, I don't know. If you learned something about... The formations. Go check it out. Later today, Mauricio will be on for A to Z Sports Prime Time. Holla at me on Twitter, by the way. Oh, 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 before I do that, hold the heck up. We got to pay some bills. And this time, I had to bring back my guy. I wasn't feeling the other one. The energy wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. So shout out to Boston Scientific, man. ED can affect your self-esteem and impact your most important relationships. Take a free online assessment that you can share with your doctor. Click the ad to learn more. There's a permanent satisfying solution to treat ED. Again, visit edcure.org to get the facts and find the urologist who can offer treatment options that work when others do not. Again, that's edcure.org, sponsored by Boston Scientific. You see, I brought my guy back. Huh? You see, I got my guy back. He said my man got his swagger back. Yeah, I wasn't feeling the other one. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe it's because we lost. I'm a little stitious. You know how I am about that. Because I start thinking, 
I feel like we didn't have Boston Scientific at the beginning of the year. Remember that? We didn't really have Boston Scientific. So the week one don't really count. But ever since we got old Boston Scientific and, and the doppelganger from 1942, we start winning. So we're going to keep it going. He said he holding his chest like Fred Sanford. Look, I bet Boston Scientific, when they signed up for this, they probably was like, now nah, we didn't expect it to go like this. But what better way to get your product out there than the fans getting involved the way y'all get involved with this? All right, with that said, let me press this damn button and get up out of here. Holla at your boy later. Uh, 303-ish Mafia. Uh, we'll be talking about, I'm imagining we'll be talking about the Cowboys versus Lions with my guy Vice Lombardi on the Vice Lombardi Live Show on the vault. Reptile Oh, Grayson, call back in, Grayson. Don't, 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 don't watch or call in after that segment. Lord, don't do that. But call back in, Grayson. We need that, that energy. We miss you, man. Love y'all. We out of here. Peace.